Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Facebook Live tonight uh, at the Anchor Church. Um, the media tar- department tells me there was some type of delay, so uh, pray that all of those can join uh, here very quickly. And, uh, and so, sorry about, not sure exactly. The media department was saying that some type of glitch in the internet, but um, so glad that you have chosen to join tonight for this virtual uh, Wednesday night Bible study. I pray that God blesses you. I know how much we miss being in the house of God together. Uh, there are a, a lot of things that we need to pray about. There is certainly chaos in our country, uh, confusion in our politics. We need a move of God like never before. Uh, we really do. We need a we need a, a move of God, and so. I pray that the Lord will be with you right now in a in a mighty way. I'm glad everybody is tuning in. And so why don't we go to prayer? Let's invite the presence of God. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for who you are. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I just pray today that, that your hand would be upon us tonight as we teach the word of the Lord. For you have a kingdom, O oh God, that will increase. And of its increase, there shall be no end. I pray that you will touch our country in a mighty way. We need it, O oh God. There is division. There's confusion. God, it is, it is uncertain times. I pray that, Lord, you would bring healing to those that need healing. And that you would hear our prayer tonight as a body, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I would like to teach you today from the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, we will read with verse 14. Matthew chapter 9, reading with verse 14. And we will be covering um, just a subject today of fasting. We're going to talk about fasting, uh, the importance of it. And I do want to say that fasting really isn't optional. All of us need to participate in fasting. So let's turn there. Let's look and see. What it says. It says, Then came Matthew 9 14. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees uh, fast off often, but thy disciples fast not? Why do the uh, John's disciples, the Pharisees, they would fast often? And uh, one place talks about they would fast twice a week. And but I'm, he said, I'm noticing that the disciples of Jesus, your disciples do not fast. Verse 15 says, and Jesus said to them, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them and then they shall fast. And he goes on, talks about methods. And uh, and so He's saying that why would they fast right now when the bridegroom is here? You have to understand that the bridegroom is here. The presence of God is with them. And so there was no need for them to fast to find that spiritual connection because they had that right now. I looked and there's a definition of fasting. And you will find in the Bible fasting occurs 
when, watch this, fasting occurs when there is a need for a spiritual breakthrough due to the burdens of life. Fasting is intentionally denying the flesh in order to gain a response from the spirit. It means renouncing the natural in order to invoke the supernatural or what we would call the spiritual. How uh, do we fast? There's many types of fast, but why do we fast? Let's answer that. To get a spiritual result. So we can't get a spiritual result uh, that we need, the supernatural touch of God, until we first start denying ourselves. Uh, Second Chronicles sets uh, precedence for this in 714. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You can see the order of that. We have to humble ourselves. How do we hum humble ourselves? By denying ourselves, by telling ourselves no, by, by uh, renouncing the natural man to invoke the spiritual man. I heard someone say it's sort of like in you. There's two dogs that, that are there. And it's the one that, and they're, they're against each other. It's the one that you feed is going to be the strongest. And uh, it's the, the natural man versus the spiritual man. And uh, so we've got to start understanding is that Jesus is saying there will be a moment that the bridegroom is going to be taken away. When that happens, they must fast to have that spiritual uh, spiritual connection. Let's look at something here. In Galatians chapter 5, talks about, um, in Galatians chapter 5, talks about the works of the flesh. Let's turn there. In Galatians 5, and let's look and see what it tells us. It, it says in Galatians 5, and verse 14, it says, For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And, and it goes on, verse 16, and it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, talking about the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, and these are contrary one to the other. So when you begin to look at this, it says so that you cannot do the things that you would. In other words, if, if I feed the flesh man and I do not take care of the spiritual needs of my life, that I'm going to do the natural things of the flesh instead of what God wants me to do. Romans 8 says, For there is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And uh, um, we, we are living in a chaotic day. And, and if you would, I want you to hold up two fingers right now. Hold up two fingers. There are two prevailing spirits in the end time. It is the spirit of the Antichrist, and it is the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. So those, those, there is a battle right now, the Antichrist spirit and the spirit of Christ. And uh, which one are you going to be giving your attention to? And you cannot help that. If you get into a carnal mindset, which the Bible says that a carnal mind is enmity with God. A carnal mind is enmity or it's against God. Let's go back to this verse. It says, let, let me read it, verse 17. It says, these are contrary the one to the other. What? 
the Spirit of God and the flesh. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself. Take up the cross and follow me. And uh, if we're going to have any type of spiritual authority, if we're going to have any type of spiritual perception, we've got to get away from uh, this mind, this, this flesh. Why is that? Because we do not walk by sight. The Bible says we walk by faith and, and not by sight. To make spiritual decisions, we must be spiritually minded. And then the definition that I read, what did it say? Fasting is intentionally denying the flesh in order to gain response from the spirit. I know personally, when when I am fasting, uh, you know, you can get grouchy. Uh, The will of the flesh is trying to be broken. And uh, uh, during that time, you know, can be some level of of, of frustration. You can become... um, uh, short with people. Uh, You can become easily agitated, irritated. Uh, Why? Because the flesh is at war and at least little things going to bother you. Why? Because we don't like to be told no. Let's just be honest. We do not like to be told no. We don't even like to tell ourselves no. But he said, if you come after me, Jesus said, you've got to deny yourself. Second Chronicles 714. Let's lean back on that. What did he say? He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You will not seek God's face if you don't first humble yourself. How do we humble ourselves? Through fasting. And he said, they're not fasting right now because they're with me. But there's a day that I'm going to be taken away and they will fast. They have to fast. Jesus told his disciples, he said, some things only happen, spiritual breakthroughs, by fasting and Prayer. If you look in the scripture, there were different types of fasts. In the book of Esther, you can turn there if you want to. Uh, the book of Esther, um, chapter 4, it, it talks about uh, when Esther was getting ready to, Esther was, was, um, was getting ready to uh, go before the king. She declared this fast with the people of God. She sent out a message to all the Jews and uh, verse 15 says, says, when he had approached her, you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther bade them return. Mordecai had this answer. Go gather together all the Jews, verse 16 of Esther 4, that are present in Shushan and fast ye from me and neither eat nor drink three days, uh, night or day. And he, she said, I also and my maidens will fast likewise so I will, so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Meaning that in that day, when you would go before the king without an invitation, if he didn't lower the scepter and accept your uh, uninvited visit, they would kill you. And she had a fear of that. She knew the culture. But she approaches the king after going on a three-day fast and calls the nation she calls the Jews because there's chaos in the nation to go on a fast. Why? They wanted a breakthrough. They wanted a change. There was a gallows that was being built for Mordecai. There, there was a decree that was going out to destroy all of the people of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, the devil wants to do everything he can to destroy the people of God. That's what's happening right now. In Matthew 24, you'll find that he talks about... Um, 
when iniquity, when iniquity will abound, one of the signs of the end time, he said that, that the love of many will wax cold. How is that? Because the word iniquity means lawlessness. And what you're looking at right now uh, in, in, through political chaos, through riding in the streets, what is it? Uh, it's chaotic. It's chaotic. There's a lawlessness that is happening, and it is a sign of the spirit of the Antichrist that is upon the earth. Turn with me. Uh, turn with me to, to the Word of God. Um, and I want you to I want you to see this point in 2 Thessalonians. And let's look and see what it says. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 uh, makes this great. Uh, point, and I've read it. This is not what I'm going to read to you is not new, but I want you to understand where we are. Uh, and hang with me just for a little bit. I, I, I felt revelation come to me about what I'm teaching you just a, a couple days ago. But it says in Second Thessalonians, Paul speaks to the church in Thessalonica in chapter two, verse one. He said, "Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him." We believe that. We believe the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. We believe that we're going to rise to meet the Lord of the air. We also know, we believe that in the rapture. We also believe that we no man knows the day nor the hour, but we believe in the season. There is a season of his coming. We might not know the day nor the hour, but we do believe we are in that season. It's like you know falls on the way. When the humidity changes in Ohio, the leaves start turning colors, you know it's here. You know winter's coming. You are in the season of transition. Why? You can see the signs and things that's going on. We are seeing the signs of these things like never before. Uh, and, um, and look what it says. Verse 2, he says, That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us. As that the day of Christ, everybody say, is at hand, is at hand. Let no man deceive you. I can't drive that point any harder than what I have. You got to be very careful not to be deceived in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, we have to be careful. How are we get deceived? Here a little, there a little, day after day, small dietary things of things that are not like God. That we find ourselves drifting. I have watched people in my life drift by powerful people of God. Powerful individuals who had righteous lives that are so far away from God right now. And some of them believe they're absolutely okay. And they're no longer in alignment. They are deceived. They are deceived. How did it happen? It didn't happen in one day. It didn't happen with one movie. It didn't happen with one show. It didn't happen with one connection. It happened over a period of time and some it took decades to get there but they went there by overriding their convictions staying out of the word of God and fall into the trap of their own flesh watch what it says let no man deceive you by any means for the day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who's that talking about it's talking about the antichrist who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he is God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God talking about what he's going to become and what he wants to do and verse 5 remember you not that when I was yet with you I told you these things verse 7 for the mystery 
of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. The mystery of iniquity is up on this earth. It's in our community. It's in our culture. It's in our politics. We are seeing it in our streets. One word, uh, and I already mentioned that, about iniquity, the backside of that means lawlessness. We don't want any order. We don't want any law. We don't want anything to follow. We want to be whatever we want to be. We want to be whatever gender we want to be. We want to be whatever uh, make of sin. We want to do whatever. We don't want anybody tell us what to do. God did not design us that way. When he put Adam and Eve in the garden, he put them with specifics. Stay away from that. That is not for you. You eat that, you want to die. And we are seeing people follow this path of sin and this chaos that is causing them to end up in absolute guilt, shame, uh, 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 no value of life. Why? Because sin lies at the door and sin will carry you down a path that Proverbs 7 says is the path to hell. If we are not careful, we will change this form of God that's absolutely amazing under his law and we will go after some pleasure where there is no law that we end up in bondage. And the spirit of the Antichrist says you do not have to have the law. When Adam and Eve are in the garden, the devil comes in and, and says this, watch. Hath God said, all of a sudden, the goal of the spirit of Satan, that old snake, Revelation says, that old serpent that was in the garden, very subtle, very sly. He wants to get you to question what God said. So let, let's talk about that. We're going to get back to fasting in just a moment. But remember this, the goal of the enemy is to get you to question God's law. God's word, what God said. If there's an ever an hour to fall in love with the word of God, it's this hour. If there's an ever an hour to separate yourself from, from uh, world things, the Bible says seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, it's right now. How do we do that? We need to fast some things. We need to deny ourselves some things. We need to separate from the influences that have come into our life. Let the church say amen. And you look on this, and it says, And then shall that, verse 8, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. God's going to consume that. And I'm going to tell you this, he's going to consume everything that is connected to the spirit of the Antichrist. Uh I mean, we can prove this in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 7. He's coming back in a flaming fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. I don't want to fall into the trap of something that God hates. Uh, I want to be sober, vigilant. I want to be awake and aware of the time that we are in. Uh, and look what it says. Let's read on. And even him, verse 9 whose coming is after the work of the Satan, talking about the spirit of the Antichrist, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. The deception always leads to unrighteousness. Always leads to unrighteousness. And his goal is to take you away from righteousness, which Jesus came to, to save you from sin, to take you as a righteous saint of God. Look here, how do they perish? How do they backslide? How do they fall away? Verse 10 says, because they received not 
the love of the truth that they might be saved. It didn't say they didn't receive truth. It didn't say that they didn't hear truth. It's that they didn't fall in love with truth. Something, I preached Sunday about love. If you love something, you're going to grow to become the best uh, the best of it or the best part of it. You're going to grow it. If you love your wife, you're going to grow to be the best husband you can. You love your children. You're going to be the best parent. That you're going to grow in that area. You're going to be a son of God. You're going to grow to be the best saint, son of God you can become. But when people do not love the truth, they take that book, they fold it, they sit over here, and they do not apply it to their life. But give me somebody that loves the truth. They can't get enough of it. And uh, um, they, they, they hear it at the church. They go home and they read it at the house. They read it before they start their day in the morning. It's not just something they do on Sunday because it's not just a checklist of something of their natural man to remove guilt. But they're falling in love with this. I'm telling you, you've got to fall in love with this truth. You've got to fall in love with this word. Amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. Will somebody clap their hands and praise him at home right now and say, God, let your word be real in my life. How do you know you're not being deceived? I've preached from this pulpit many times. Just don't take my word for it. He, he gave you the book. He allowed you to be literate. And I know, I know uh, the man said, how am I going to learn since some man shows me? But what did he do? Philip, in book of Acts chapter 8, he took him to the scripture and read the word and expounded him who Jesus was. We've got to get back to the word. Let God be true, every man a liar. Let's not be deceived by some philosophy, just by the, the indoctrination of our educational system. We've got to get back to what is God saying. It doesn't matter how many PhDs they have. It doesn't matter how many things they've got behind them. Indoctrination of, you know, doctrine of devils. We've got to be careful. We are Our college or colleges are, are, are no longer just teaching education, teaching of professional things. Now they're indoctrinating um, doctrines of devils and morals and what they think we should be, changing even political views. We've got to get back to the book. Now here's the answer. What, how does fasting apply to love for truth and these things? I'm going to tell you how it applies. Because if you do not fast, you will think with a carnal mind and not a spiritual perception. You will, you, you will lean toward the wrong thing if you feed your flesh too much without the balance of taking care of the spirit man. You will lean toward, you will lean toward what the Antichrist is doing and it will take your attention uh, and it will steal, steal uh, your emotional things from what God is doing into what he's doing. Two areas of that let me talk about. One, you can be deceived by the Antichrist or two, you can be Come consumed with what the Antichrist is doing, such as all of our emotions go about politics. All of our emotions are about going toward racism and what's lawlessness and what's happening in the street and not taking any time on our knees to listen to what God is doing. Think about what I'm saying. If we're not careful, we will fall away in the deception of the Antichrist and or be consumed with what the spirit of iniquity is, is going on in the world and lose our compassion and heartbeat for what God is doing. There is a moment we need to turn that thing right there off. You need to turn what you're watching right now off. You need to turn the news off. You need to turn sports off. You need to turn every media off. And why? Deny your flesh 
from receiving things of humanity and people. And do what? Get in a place of the word and get alone with God by denying yourself. Why? To deny flesh, to invoke spiritual perception, to hear. It's amazing. Revelation says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Listen, I'm going to say it again. He that hath an ear, let him hear. God is speaking, but we are so clouded so many times by all the world events, all the world events, that it takes us away from what God is doing. There is, listen, I, I realize anybody watching uh, anything in the news, any political thing right now, uh, uh, very concerning what's going on right now. Let's be honest. But if we're not careful, the church will end up living in fear, concerned about the direction of our country and the things that's going on uh, in our streets and all around. And we will forget God's on the throne. God has a plan. And of his increase, of his government, there shall be no end. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to listen to what pastor's saying. You need to listen to what I'm hearing from the voice of God. You need to go confirm it in your own prayer meeting and get in the book. In the last days, he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. We're going to see more miracles we've ever seen. More churches are going to be planted. More things are going to happen. More healing. More. I'm telling you, it's going to be so powerful. But if we're not careful, we will miss what God is doing because our flesh is so consumed with the news, with Hollywood, with culture, with things that really, you know, really take us away from what God is doing in this hour. Um, and so, two prevailing spirits, what the Antichrist is doing and what the spirit of truth is doing. Let's, let's, let's look at Galatians 5 again. Uh, Galatians 5 and verse, we read 17. The Bible says the spirit of God and the flesh, really not the devil. It's the flesh that's the problem. The devil has no precedence, but we give him access through the lust of our flesh. So what do we need to do? Weaken the flesh. Somebody was telling me one time they, they were having major issues with lust and uh, um, lust. And uh, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to do, they said. I said, you need to fast. You need to take one day a week. You need to deny yourself any food, anything to drink. Just, just deny yourself. And you know what? And I said, in one day of fasting, you're going to find victory in your flesh to overcome all of those desires that are not like God. He came back to me and said, it is so powerful what that's done for me. Can I tell you? Perception. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions before I read this. Where are your emotions bent toward? What are you frustrated at? What's consuming your mind? Uh, what is on your conversation? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, what is it that's concerning you? Think about it. Because whatever is in your heart is, is ruling your mind. And that's what you talk about. When's the last time you talked about the things of the kingdom? What Jesus is doing? The return of the Lord in an exciting time. It is, listen, it's not a fearful time for the body of Christ. It is an exciting time. It's very possible we're going to end up with persecution of the church. And it, it, who knows? Uh, a pandemic has come through. Uh, and that has changed things. Who knows what's going to happen in, in your faith? If you've ever, ever become solid in what you believe, right now it's time to get, get for sure what you believe. And it goes on, though. Let me, let me go back. Uh, Galatians 5 and, and verse 18 says, but if, you, but if you be led of the Spirit... You're not under the law. Verse 19 of Galatians 5. 
And it says, now the works of the flesh. Everybody at home say flesh, flesh, talking about you. Uh, <coughs> the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery. It's a work of the flesh. It means it's natural. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. means extreme sexual desire. It goes on and says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wraths, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. He said, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because flesh always diverts our attention from what God wants for us to what the enemy wants for us. And that is destruction. That is destruction. And that's when you start denying yourself and all of a sudden those desires that are the flesh leave the things that are typically will get the attention of your eyes, your ears, your passions leave. And then what happens is, is the next verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. It becomes automatic. Chaos can be going on, and you've got peace. Crazy things going around you, but you've got joy. People treat you bad, but you've got long-suffering. Why? Because you are connected to a source that is feeding you that's not negative, but it's positive. It is positive. Where does it come from? It comes from Him. But we can't get our attention on him because our flesh is so caught up with what the world's doing, with what Hollywood is doing, with what politicians are doing, what, what uh, our hobbies are, what we want. And how I many know what you want, what God wants a lot of times is contrary to each other. But what would happen if we went on a three-day fast? I'm going to call a fast. I'm not calling one today. I'm trying to feel that out in the spirit. But we're going to call a media fast here in the next week or so. I will announce it this coming week. But we're going to call a media fast. And every single time I call a media fast, seasoned saints of God, new converts, young people coming to us say, thank you so much, Pastor. This has changed my life. It's let me realize how much time I was on my phone, wasting my time, how much time I was spending on things that do not matter. I think that will be some... Thumbs up or hearts or something y'all throw across there. You, you've experienced that separating from social media and media has blessed you. If, if, if it's ever blessed you, why don't you respond to that? Because as an amen or something, because we need that. Holy means separated. Separated. I want to be separated, not just from sin, not just from what the world's doing, but I want to be separated unto God. Praise God. Uh, a high priest, before he would go on that holy day, you know what he would do? A high priest would separate himself for a few weeks because he didn't want one thought to be impure. And when he would go on the holy holies on the day of atonement, he didn't want any sin. Not just no spots on his hands or feet, on his, on his earlobes as they would. But he didn't want any of that. He wanted even his thoughts to be made pure. We as a body... I am going to ask you to go on this fast with us. I want you to study it now. I'm not going to talk fast. I want you to take what I've taught you tonight. Fasting is going to do, uh, divert the attention from, it's going to take it away from one and lead it to the other, isn't it? It's going to take my attention off what the devil's doing, spirit of the Antichrist, and it's going to put my attention on what God is doing. If I focus on the Antichrist, I'm either going to be deceived or I'm going to become emotionally 
attached to something that's going to cause me to not to feel peace. I'm going to be troubled. I'm not talking about a burden. I'm going to be troubled. And I, it's going to steal my attention. Did, did you get that point? But if I will turn some of that off, the news, whatever the world is doing, off for just a period of time, not forever, but for a period of time, and I get on the Word and I fast, I find every time I go on a fast, uh, I'm weeping before God. My burden is back. My passions are back. My fo focus is back. Success happens when you fast. And listen, he didn't say it was an option. He said when the bridegroom's taken, he said they're going to have to fast. Fasting is not important. It is imperative. It is essential. We can't do without it. There's some breakthroughs. Let me tell you what I feel. There's going to be breakthroughs in your family. There's going to come breakthroughs. I'm telling you, prayers that you prayed. That's what that definition of fasting, when you need a breakthrough fast. Esther said, you know what we need? She said, we need a breakthrough in our nation. And God gave it. God spared the people of God because the people that were the people of God got together and said, we're not going to eat for a few days. We've got to hear from the king. We've got to hear from God. Why don't you lift your hands? If you are home, would you stand and lift your hands right where you are? You say, God, I want to hear from heaven. Lord, hear us from heaven. We're going to be sowing in uh, oh Lord, and fasting. So we're gonna we're gonna fast so we can sow in prayer. So we can not pray amiss, but we can pray focused prayers, intentional prayers. Oh God, to reach our communities. There's gotta be a breakthrough in Zanesville. There's gotta be a breakthrough in the surrounding areas. We need a breakthrough in Ohio. We need a breakthrough in the United States. There is gonna be a harvest. We don't know how it's gonna happen. But God, we're gonna listen to what you're saying. We're gonna follow your way and your will in Jesus' name. Let me give some instruction and I'm going to let you go. And I want you to talk to your children. When we go on this fast, children need to fast something. They need to learn to deny themselves. Hey, listen, if the Muslims can fast every single time, their children grow up fasting. Don't wait till they're 18. And, uh, but, and I realize they don't have to fast the level that we do. But they need to give up some things. But every single one of us can turn that device off until we get control of that. We can go without sugar. We can go without some things, pleasure foods. All you diabetics listening, there's a balance for you. But you know what you can have and not have without getting those levels off. You know what you can deny. But we're going to deny ourselves so we can get a spiritual connection. I want it. I want to get an A440 with the Lord. I want my tuning to be right with Him so I can hear what He's saying. For me, my wife, my children, this wonderful perk, church that I pastor and the churches that, that, that see me as a bishop in their world. We want to hear from heaven and we're going to change the direction of this community. Do you believe that? God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It's going to be an amazing week. I want you to pray fast. I mean, see God about the fast we're going to take. God bless you. You'll hear more later.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.